Welcome to Uncontained, episode 138. I'm your host, Aaron Static Render, and on the show today, I catch back up with stand-up comedian Cody Woods. He was on the show, well, over 130 episodes ago on episode 6 when I was just getting started off. And he's been up to a lot since then. He's been on the Shaquille O'Neal Comedy Network. Also, he's been on Hulu. And coming up shortly, he'll be able to add Comedy Central to the list, being on season three of Kevin Hart's Heart of the City, featuring comics from Oakland on his episode. And it's always great talking to Cody, catching up, seeing what he's been up to, and uh, getting his specific take on stand-up comedy as well. So a lot coming up in this episode. So plug in your earbuds. This is how comedian Cody Woods lives uncontained. Let me just start out and welcoming you to Uncontained, Cody. It's good to be back, man. Yeah, you were one of my first guests. Like you were like episode seven or something like that. So it's been a while since I've had you on, and a lot has been happening. So you want to just catch people up on the last two years, real quick? <laughs> uh, okay, so it's two years. That's what I was going to ask been, you. It's been about two years. Yeah. So yeah. well, I, now I'm like rich. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you have that Comedy Central money coming in soon. Yeah, I've already spent it. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a lot different, man. Uh, I think I've toured the United States a lot more in the past two years. It got uh, really a lot easier on the road just after I did your podcast. Maybe you're the reason, sir. That that could be, and I'll take credit for it. Okay. Not not your hard work or anything like that. No. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's all about who you know, right? It, so it, it helps, man. Uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I've been going to all over, going all over the United States, which is really nice. You get a good feel for the country, you know. Um, there's a lot of people with preconceptions of certain regions of the United States, and you just learn to dismiss a lot of it, and you learn what's actually true, which is actually most of it. But <laughs> but you find out to what degree. All right. Yeah. So is there like I don't know, what what region of the country has actually surprised you the most? You said most things are mm. true that you hear. What is one of the regions where it's been like, oh man, it's not like this at all? Yeah, I, uh the south is a lot more progressive than Californians would like to think. Really? Yeah. And I understand, you know, a lot of people just got to go on, you know, preconceptions and stuff because you don't get to experience everything. But I've talked to hipsters at coffee shops with full-on Alabama accents about <laughs> about cultural appropriation. Really? You know, um, I've talked to Native Americans who are Trump supporters. I've talked to, you know, it, just the world isn't as simple and black and white as everybody loves to make it. Yeah. Um, so that's one thing for sure. The South has really impressed me. Like, I'll throw out some material that usually um, I would guess the south would just eat up and then if i do it on the coast the coast might get a little tense but now the south is getting a little tense because they want to be on the right side of history yeah so i think the south needs to get a little bit more credit for how they're doing because i mean you know a lot of generations are dying off like i get tired of like la and new york comedians making fun of the south like every time you get off the plane it's a clan rally it's like it's not <laughs> you know 
Yeah, yeah. So that surprised you the most. Now, what uh, what region was like? Oh man, this is exactly what I expected from what I've heard other people say. Um, I started going to the East Coast more, particularly New York, and it was exactly as I expected in the positive sense. Okay. Yeah, I knew it'd be more fun, more stuff to do on foot, and the people being more honest and just I like their style of communication. It was all exactly as I expected. So I think just after you okay. interviewed me, it was always my lifelong dream to do stand-up in New York. And I started going a lot the past two years. And I was like, man, this is exactly how I wanted it to be. And it is. Which, that doesn't happen so much. Like, I went to Hawaii once, and I was like, oh, that's it? <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> but you, I went to New York, I was like, this is exactly how I... I'm, I was so glad I wasn't let down. Yeah, so. yeah, because that's obviously one of the meccas for, like, entertainment in the United States, yeah. not just stand-up comedy. Live entertainment, but, for sure, yeah. I'm glad that didn't let you down, and I give you props with going with the high road instead of saying, oh, man, this place, insert place X, was just as big of a piece of crap as I heard of. <laughs> yeah, and plus, I'll give Georgia a second chance. <laughs> <laughs> And then I gave you the option to take the low road, and you <laughs> yeah, did. That's right. Awesome, awesome. So now, okay, along with touring comes road stories. And actually, I saw you just enough, about a week ago at the Paul Mooney one. And before that, like, in order to get there, that was a whole ordeal. You want to let yeah. people know what yeah. you went through in order to make a show. Yeah, I saw you at the Paul Mooney show in Oakland, California. 24 hours before that, I was stranded at a gas station in Buffalo, Missouri. And the reason Buffalo, Missouri. Buffalo, Missouri. You know, everybody knows Buffalo, Missouri, right? <laughs> it's kind of so, like Brooklyn, Iowa. Like, it has a name yeah. you recognize, but it's <laughs> not a place you recognize. <laughs> Believe it or not, the night before, we were in Brooklyn, Iowa. Really? Because we I did a show. In, from there, actually. Okay. We did a show in Marshalltown. <laughs> okay. And uh, the, the place where the tornado ripped through. So that was an interesting time, um, but people still came out, and we headed on down to Missouri doing a show just outside of Buffalo, Missouri, but that's where we got stranded, and my buddy's car blew up. He bought a really stupid car for being a road comic because he had an ego. Didn't He wanted a, <laughs> he wanted the tough guy car. I said, no, nah, man, you need to get that green-friendly you know, stuff. Yeah, the ones that won't break your wallet and gas money as much. Exactly. <laughs> So, um, luckily we broke down at a gas station. Now this is during a flash flood last week. Um, really bad flash floods. One police officer died cause he got swept in. Oh wow. Yeah. It was like rough flash floods. So we're like wondering, dude, here we go. We're about to drive three hours to Kansas city so I can go to this airport and fly to Oakland and make the show. So I was scared about that. Then all of a sudden we hear a rod just completely blow the engine. And we're just like, well, maybe we could, let's just keep going, you know, just try to, you know, rev it, rev it real good. <laughs> yeah, that always the, helps. That always helps. Get the bugs out. I didn't have a father. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't have any uh, masculine skills. So um, pull into this gas station because then it just dies. Uh, so luckily, oh, so lucky we're at this gas station, man. Um, it's very rural town. Nobody's going to be coming in and out. Uh, two ladies are working there. And I go up to him and I start name dropping immediately. I said, hey, I'm a comedian. I just recorded for Comedy Central. Here's videos with me with Kevin Hart. I need to get to the airport immediately. (laughs) 
here's my driver's license to <laughs> prove that I'm who I am, you know. Yeah. And I'll pay you $300 if you can get me there. And then she's like, well, I don't know. And then <laughs> if I would have offered 500 someone would have been really quick. But I, just yeah. I didn't, I couldn't, I still had to save. Um, and then so she tried calling her son to uh, get me to the airport. Yeah. And he was just like, meh. I was like, shit. Because <laughs> one of the things that sucks about dropping Kevin Hart's name is you're not Kevin Hart, though. <laughs> that that <laughs> is not. true. You can drop a name all you like want. Who cares? But. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then um, a cowboy shows up in his Ford F-150. He's got his cowboy hat on. He's got his girlfriend there. And he's coming in to buy some more Fireball whiskey. And <laughs> more. <laughs> more. All right. So he'd already been hitting it. Yeah. And then I tell him, I was like, hey, man. You know, he first he sees the hood popped and he's like, hey, what's going on? You know, you guys are stranded. And then he starts checking all the fluids, you know, like a real man. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and then <laughs> he opens the oil cap and then, uh, you know, wipes it. And then he's just like, yeah, you got metal shards right here. Like you're you blew a rod or something. Cause it sounded like he blew a rod, too. But like, yeah, you know. But Rod's a nice guy. And we <laughs> sorry, sorry, I had to get that out of the way. You got to go with a street joke every once in Absolutely. a while. Absolutely. And so uh, silver, you know, stuff on his fingers. And he's like, all right, well, you know, that car is toast. And I say, hey, look, I got to get to this airport by 6 a.m. You know, it's already like 2 a.m. Okay. And um, I said, I'll pay you 300 bucks. And then uh, he's like, all right, well, let me just go get my girlfriend. We'll see what's going on. And then we waited like 20 minutes. I didn't think he would come back. I thought he was drunk on Fireball already. Yeah. Then he comes back with his girlfriend. I'm like, yes, I did it. He overheard me offer someone else 350 which was, again, the cash register lady's son. Yeah. And then um, I had to offer him 350 so he squeezed another 50 out of me. <laughs> um, very scared. I had Nikes on. I didn't know what side of the political aisle he's on. Gotcha. I get in the car. There's a full-on shotgun loaded. Could be just a regular rifle. I I couldn't see. I just see the butt of the gun. So that, and they're both hammered. So And we're about to go through this flash flood that murdered a cop. <laughs> and they're both drunk. So we ride up, and um, we talk about Larry the Cable Guy a lot. Were they fans? or? Yeah, they're more fans of Ron White. So I was like, okay. I, I can dig that. I can dig I that. I like Ron White. Ron White is a great storyteller. Yeah. I think he's just good by himself. He doesn't need any... Get her done. Yeah. All that crap. And Larry the Cable Guy is funny, too, but, I mean, Ron White's a real dude. Um, So, I get to the airport, but, like, that was three hours of driving in a complete stranger's car with two drunk people, loaded rifle, you know, lost $350. I had already lost money the week before touring the South. Yeah. And then my week got extended by my tour manager. I was like, cool, I'll make up the money. And then I lost it again. Like now I'm down 350 from that, uh, 10 day run. But the, so. the thing is you did make it to the show and, uh, got to perform in front of Paul Mooney. Yeah. Like I did not know that he wasn't necessarily performing anymore cause he's, not doing the best. It's not doing the best, not to be specific about it, but, you know, there's some things that he's going through. Um, yeah, I think they're ca- kind of keeping it secret in the family what's happening with him. But, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens in the future with him. But he's been doing these presents shows all across the United States. I'm set to do one in Texas at some point, supposedly. Okay, very cool. Yeah. Very cool. So now let's talk about how you got 
uh, onto the Comedy Central Heart of the City, presented by Kevin Hart. Uh, how how did that come about? Oh, I just kicked all these comedians' asses, man. <laughs> Street fight or what? Like yeah. Anchorman style? Yeah. I couldn't let them touch the mic, so I beat them. <laughs> um, it was a competition. It was like 40 comedians. Uh, some L.A. people, not many, mostly Bay Area comics, which is nothing to um, sneeze at because there's some strong comics in the Bay. There definitely are. Yeah. I'd say per capita, you know, um, the Bay is a little bit better than Los Angeles. Granted, the best in the world are usually in Los Angeles, but that's like the upper cream. The yeah. majority and the per capita of the pie, um, really bad comedians. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're the worst in the country, too. So you got the best in the world and the worst of the country all in one city. So when you go against Bay Area comedians, they're usually a lot stronger. Um, but uh, it was me, G. King, and Mario Hodge, and then they recorded it in Oakland. So we had to... We had to do a competition for it. It was at a soul food restaurant in East Oakland called Lena's. So I walked in. Everybody thought I was the food department. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, like a lot of times you find yourself as like the, at least from what I've seen, there's a single white comic on, on a show. A lot of the time. And yeah. like I saw somebody post something which actually made me chuckle uh, after the Paul Mooney show is like you're turning into the next uh, Gary Owens. Like, kind Someone of said that? Somebody said that as like the token uh, white guy. In <laughs> I didn't see that comment. I got to find who that is and block him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to. I really want to be universally liked. I don't like. I don't like, uh, I feel like it's appropriation in a way when I see white comics that strictly go for black audiences, but I've just been embraced more by the urban circuit. But like, I also do white alt rooms too. And I like that comedy. I don't, I mean, a lot of people trash it, but like when it's good, I, it's my favorite. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just, I don't want to be in a genre. I really don't. Cause I think being in a genre is easy. I want to do the hard thing of trying to get, you know, opposites to laugh at the same thing. Yeah. But, I mean, dude, Gary Owen still, that's a great career. I would not mind being Gary Owen. But <laughs> uh, I would like to be more universally liked, man. Yeah, you know? I gotcha. I gotcha. Um, you know, it's like you mentioned that you like doing the alt rooms and then you, when you like doing, uh, doing, like the um, circuit that uh, you've been on with like Paul Mooney and mainly black rooms. Is there a difference in how you perform? Is there a difference in your set? Do you change your comedic style? Yeah. Well, not the style, but there's things I talk about that other cultures just don't get. Um, Like my childhood is, was heavily influenced by black people just because I was surrounded by black people and you know, my friends are black and, you know, I had to yeah. go through being the minority, which is usually what they go through as well. Yeah. Um, so I just found a lot of common ground with them. And then when I talk about it, there's some things that's just stuff that white people don't get. You know, they don't understand some of the cultural references and stuff. So that gets frustrating because that means I can't talk about my childhood or at least a chunk of it to white audiences. Yeah. Um, but there are some white audiences, particularly like the Detroit area, Philly, um, some people, you know, from Oakland. Like when white people get get it, when they're um, cultured, 
it, they're my favorite. I'm like, thank God. Like, you know, you guys aren't in a bubble. Like, I don't like people in bubbles. I really, they get on my nerves. Even black people when they're in bubbles. It's like, dude, just please, like, you know, you're not losing your identity by understanding other groups of people and exposing yourself to other people and trains of thought. So I do have to change and it sucks, you know, but I don't want to go all in on one. Screw that. I want to be a universal guy. I think the best people were universal. Richard Pryor is liked by white people. George Carlin was liked by black people. Yeah. So, so who are some of your comedic icons? Uh, obviously, probably those two. Uh, anybody yeah. else kind of help shape your comedic style? Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy, for sure. Daniel Tosh and Bill Burr. So I think stylistically, I just naturally kind of have some opinions that I'm probably closer to a Tosh because I'm set up punch, you know? Yeah. Very set up punch. I, I don't know if I can get laughs just off of ranting, but um, Dave Attell. I like set up punch guys a lot. Who else, man? I, there's, I was influenced by almost everyone at some point because I okay. watched comedies since I was a kid. Chappelle for a good while. Of course, you can't not be influenced by Chappelle. <sighs> yeah, so sounds like a lot of solid influences right there. Now, let's jump back to the Kevin Hart special real quick. So when you were filming the Heart of the City show with Kevin Hart, uh, did you have much interaction with Kevin Hart at all? or We did. Uh, not during the stand-up portion, because apparently he's gotten so famous he can't actually attend the live shows anymore. Uh, where it's recorded, which is a bummer because you want to do stand-up in front of them, you know, make them laugh. Uh, but um, we did do an, a one-on-one -on -one -on -one interview, me, Mario, and G. King, and he's exactly as you would expect. I love having a positive preconception of something and then it end up being true. Yeah, yeah. You know, they always say, like, be cautious when you meet your idols or your role models because they might not be who they are. Mm -hmm. That's really cool to hear that Kevin Hart actually is as good of a guy as he seems. He really is. And I've met a lot of my heroes and I've been disappointed maybe most of the time. So it's <laughs> nice that the biggest comedian in the world is also one of the biggest uh, charitable guys like he's so charitable towards comedians coming up because he knows how hard it is now um, for him to even do this it helps out so many comics because we have less avenues of exposure and he he just knows what he's doing he knows he's helping he knows what we need and he doesn't yeah. have to a lot of a lot of comics up top they don't send the elevator back down um he does man and he's 24 7 funny like <laughs> right on so he's actually hilarious in person too yeah and we we got the interview at the very end of the shoot day because he did all the city's interviews probably about six cities which would be around uh what's six times four because there's usually three to four comedians we'll do 24 24 people possibly even up to 30 and we were at the very end and he was still funny even when they cut they cut the footage He's still interacting with uh, the staff of his production company and making them laugh. And like he uh, he was doing one thing where he's acting like a diva and just yelling at people. But <laughs> it was just like total, you know. It was it was in, in fun, yeah. Yeah, it was one time he was like yelling at this girl Carol. I was like Carol, Carol, and then <laughs> right behind him. Was like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know you was there. <laughs> anyway, I, <laughs> like he knows how to create a comedic scene out of nothing, man. Like. 
on point, no delay, doesn't have to think of shit. He just starts going. That's um, cool. You know, there's a lot of people who are funny, like situationally, but not funny if you put them on stage. And then a lot of people who are funny on stage, but really don't carry that sense of humor off stage. Yeah. You know, they're like, oh, I'm only funny when I'm paid to be uh, right. type thing. So having that unique package where you have that you know, situational funniness and conversation and are able to convert that to being on stage. That that's impressive right there. I think that's what a lot of people want to, should try to get to if you can try. I don't know. It definitely inspired me to try to get to that because I take breaks, man. You know, I take breaks mentally, you know, like I just don't feel like being funny today. Just just need to relax. (laughs) Um, He has no need to relax. He doesn't need to refuel. It's like he's, um, it's like he's the electric car of comedy. Uh, Well, you got to refuel electric cars, but you know, just pretend I'm smart and I had a good metaphor there. Well, it's like he's Um, powered by the laughter. I think like maybe, maybe, uh, maybe the laughter gives him energy. See, that's the thing. All right. So this is where I would, uh, disagree because of these this right here i get fed by laughter and that'll speed me up that'll get me going he can uh play to a vacuum like because it all comes from him he doesn't okay. need uh like he's got a fire within uh i need a spark you know and it i need a spark i need to read the audience i react to them he doesn't need you to react he's just a force by nature and it's constant um, and it's very apparent what a superstar is when you're around him. So I was like, okay, that's a guy that's light years ahead of me um, when it comes to being a funny, good energy performing human. Okay. Yeah, because he's on his, he's got to be on his like 12th hour during that uh, shoot. And then in between the shoots, he would go back and he would have to do other things, phone calls. He's a, Every day is an 18-hour shift, and he also just got done working out two hours at 5 a.m. because he's in peak athletic shape. Yeah. And he, that's, he, he says that's his secret. Like, if you want the energy, you just need to get the gym, man. You just need to fuel your body correctly, eat the right shit. Um, and it's very apparent because he's, he does not need a break, man. He's, if you need him to do something, like, hey, Kevin, can you do a quick take for this Boom, he's got it. You don't you don't even need to direct him. He already knows what you need and he's already got it for you. It made me realize, okay, it's like that's the ultimate level. You know, cuz you're always looking for the ultimate level in whatever you do. And you're like, what is the ultimate level? What is the standard? And then you find the standard and then you try to achieve it, but sometimes you just don't ever know what the top level is, like what it takes, what it requires. Did he offer you any advice or any guidance either professionally or comedy wise yeah he was actually talking very specifically about the bay area and how it gauged his popularity so what it did to us is let us know um constantly monitor the market like where are you popular at because he was very popular on the east coast first yeah even though he's on tv and stuff but he's based in philly in new york so that's where he was really packing out places and then he mentioned that he went to go play pepper bellies an old club that i used to play at oh yeah um and it closed down uh he used to pl- play there five bucks a ticket g king had mentioned that hey i saw you that night at pepper bellies i bought your t-shirt he's like what man that's crazy man and then i said yeah and i also worked at the san jose improv 450 seater i remember you was working for five bucks ahead there too and he's like yeah man the west coast let me know as soon as i started getting full and the theaters and the places like w- once i started actually selling out the bigger clubs which is 
the improv in San Jose was the biggest improv. It's 450 seats. You got, it's hard to fill. And then once he started to notice that he was filling them, then he was like, oh, I guess I'm becoming actually famous now. Like, this okay. is actually happening. So he kind of gave a little bit of game on that. Like, you, um, pay attention to the market and you'll know where your reach is. You were saying that, like, you remember when he was working for $5 a ticket or not. I actually saw him way back in the day before before he was doing that, like, he was doing a college tour. And he actually yeah. came to the college that I was going to wow. when in, in the middle of nowhere, northwest Iowa, Buena okay. Vista University. And uh, he he performed there. I saw him with, like, 30 people. Uh, in a lunch room, in a cafeteria. Wow! And like you could, you could tell he had a certain energy about him. That I was like, okay, I think this guy, this guy's gonna be going places. And, yeah. And then probably about eight years later, mm. it, maybe even more than that, I see like Kevin Hart, Kevin Hart, Kevin Hart everywhere. Mm. And I was like, oh my god, I saw him way back when. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. He. I think he always had that promise, and that's why. It's really fun that he gave me the break because I was a fan of him before it all happened and I never could track down where he was. I was like, man, I remember seeing this guy on TV. It was this short black dude that was like one of the funniest dudes and so original. It was a weird style. It was a new style. You know, now his style is being duplicated. You can't really tell how unique he is, but he's truly unique. Um, and I was like, shit, I just got to find this guy. Like, where did he go? I hope he fucking made it. And then he... Then he came out with, uh, I'm a grown little man. And then uh, the world saw how good he was. And I was like, oh, thank God. Because you need that as an artist. You're like, man, I need to see the good people make it. The funny people. I felt that way about Louis before the jerk off shit. But like, yeah. he, was, um, he was that comic that all the comedians were just like, man, fuck, that guy's the best. How is he not the, like, how is he not the most successful? Because he's the best. And then he became the most successful. And you're like, okay. So you can get good and be successful. Um, and same thing with Kevin Hart, you know, but I like the way Kevin Hart did it because he's much more positive. Yeah. So do you see Kevin Hart being somebody that you could possibly in the future reach out to and continue networking with? Or was it this is the deal and... It's more of a this is the deal thing. However, if I get lucky enough for him to pick me for his 30-minute specials that he's given out, he's... He's given them to a lot of people on the show of Heart of the City. He's given out 30-minute specials to follow up to that. Yeah. Um, and then I think after that, you do sort of develop a relationship, maybe. Um, but, I mean, he told me in the interview, in between, when G. King brought up Pepperbellies, he's like, yeah, man, you were so nice. I was able to walk up to you. And he's like, yeah, it's not like that anymore. You got to go through a fucking wall to get to me. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, but he did give us some good advice and comedy specific advice, you know, be willing to go to certain markets. He said, everybody's got to go through New York, which I'm, I'm doing. I haven't lived there yet, but like I, I go there a lot. Everybody's got to go through LA, um, and Oakland. Oakland is one of those places, particularly for an urban comic. Yeah. You got to come through Oakland because all the people came through Cat Williams, Dave Chappelle, like Oakland is a very, you have to spend some time there. Um, and uh, I was like, yeah, okay. It looks like I'm doing the right things because I, I marinate in cities. I marinate myself, and I've been trying to marinate myself in Chicago now, being okay. there a lot, you know. Um, 
So the cool thing is that's what you do as a stand-up comedian. It's an old school thing, and it's still the case. You know, I uh, I like the old school approach to comedy because it's way more fun. And that's one of the things you could still do is marinate yourself in a city, watch your numbers grow. Um, Philadelphia gave me a great response when I was there. Um, I could see how he got such a big Philadelphia fan base because those people are fantastic when it comes to supporting you. They're rowdy as shit. They're fucking animals. We saw that after the Super Bowl. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. I don't know if you ever saw that Bill Burr video where uh, they all booed him. Uh, and a whole stadium was just booing him. They're I think I did, and he kept on trying to get them to boo more. Yeah, and then they liked him. They're like, okay, this guy doesn't give a fuck. That's what we like. And then yeah. <laughs> they won him over, and he started killing. Um, I'll tell you a story about Philly. Uh, when I did it, I did a bringer show. I was headlining it, but we had bringers on there because I yeah. can't sell tickets. So um, <laughs> they had one guy go up, and he's like this hood guy from Philadelphia, his third time doing comedy. They gave him 15 minutes, which is the equivalent of six days of any <laughs> any other comedian. He doesn't have 15 minutes, and I knew it was going to go bad. And then he was before me, and he was a gangster dude. He brought up, He brought half the room. Half the room started booing him, even though they knew who he was. That's how Ooh. cold Philly is, man. They're cold motherfuckers. You can see why all the oh, so many great boxers and fighters came out of Philly. They're just rough, tough people. They booed him off, and then he started like threatening to put money on people's heads. I'm putting money on your head. I'm gonna cap your fucking ass. Like it was, it was a disaster. Damn. It was a disaster. And then I'm like, great. Oh God, I gotta go do an hour after this guy, you know. And I go on, and I just started saying the same thing he did. So I just like, hey, man, fuck y'all, man. You know, if you ain't going to like me, I don't give a fuck about you. I'll put money on your head. I don't give a shit. I'll start <laughs> doing that. And this is how crazy Philly is. Some lady just piped up. She goes, yeah, but we don't know you yet. We don't like hey, Why do you hate us already? I'm like, you don't remember what just happened a minute ago? <laughs> I'm like, come on, girl. Like, then they're like, oh, snaps. You know, because they sarcasm is not even in their radar because they're such real people yeah they thought i meant it they're like yeah we say what me we mean why why would you not say what you mean because i'm a comic yeah (laughs) fucking nuance what the fuck so uh that was a man philly is like i think philly's the most east coast shit ever you know yeah like they're brutal blunt powerful tough people um so yeah and so I can see how if you're loved by Philly though, fuck, you could tell they're you could tell they're they're gonna support you. Hell yeah. So I'll be there on November tenth. All right. Yeah. November tenth. Yeah. In Philly. With Kabir Singh. Oh really? Yeah. Right on, cool. I still have yet to get him on my show. Gotta get him. I'm working towards it, working towards it. So right. um yeah. So hopefully soon Kabir Singh will be on Uncontained. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's one of those guys I started with and he got he sort of had a similar path, but his was faster. <laughs> way faster. He got the goodies way quicker than me. Right on. Cool, man. But you're getting there. You're getting there. And now you got Kevin Hart. And uh, this sounds like a really awesome experience, man. Mm-hmm. Um, now, when can people expect to see that out? This one says it's Oakland. Is it going to be featuring different cities across the country throughout the season? Yeah, throughout the season. I have a feeling we're going to be the final uh, like we're going to be the uh, season finale because okay. they put a lot more effort into Oakland than any other city. Really? Yeah. 
Um, there's a lot of surprises that I, I don't even know if I'm supposed to say, so I might as well not. I mean, you can probably figure out the surprises if you've been watching my social media. Because <laughs> I posted all of them, just pictures of them. But I think we're going to be like either the opener or the season finale. So, okay. And it's going to be, I'm hearing January. So that kind of, I don't know if that's finale or beginning. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know <laughs> okay, when the season enough. starts. Fair enough. So just look for the Oakland episode. So now a lot of comics are working, working, striving to get that first television credit, which uh, you now have under your belt. Has that helped change anything for you? Yeah. Yeah. People, that whole non-response thing that I used to get when I would email clubs, they at least respond. So now I'm at least getting no <laughs> which is nice i feel like i have value when they tell me no you know there there's something about that instead of uh what i don't remember what one of my guests called it It was the hollywood no where it's just no response i think i uh yeah i might have said that you may have but I, I, it may have been said a couple times i'll give yeah. you credit for it i'll give you Thank credit you. for it cody since you're right here i'll give credit i invented that where credit is <laughs> in the proximity of uh (laughs) (laughs) all right so now you have so what shows you have coming up that you can talk about that maybe the tv credit has helped you get uh let's see comedians have been treating me different really get a little more respect a little bit more like some people you know they'd be very respectful because they know like the route i took i took a really hard route because i just went straight to the road and didn't do any acting, didn't do any of the other stuff, didn't do any of the social media. I just wanted to strictly do stand-up, like nightly, uh, you know, live out of my car type thing. I did, yeah. I did that for a couple of years. So I got respect off of that. But, you know, some people are very hesitant to give you respect. But as soon as you get something important, they know you can help them. Um, and you know what? I don't blame them for that. There's already so many people to pay attention to. So yeah. now they're paying attention to me, which is... That's fine. It's, it's got to be a nice change, too. You know, yeah. I would get that respect, get that notoriety. And uh, since we are on Instagram Live right now, I just want to say if you are listening or watching on Instagram Live and you have a question for Cody, go ahead, throw it out. Maybe we'll ask it. Maybe he'll answer it. Maybe we'll just overlook it. But uh, Oh, wow. That's a lot of questions there. You see that? Okay. Which one <laughs> are we going to pick? Okay. Yeah, question we gotta, number we gotta five. Up. Um so we'll, we'll just throw that out there. If it happens to come, it happens to come. If not, I can edit this out of the final show. And uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's definitely Roll too many it. questions. We might have to edit that out. There's at least 40 questions that just yeah, flew into us. I can't read that fast. I can't read that <laughs> fast shit. Um, all right. So now, you now you've been doing comedy for quite a while. You said you took the hard route to do it by jumping on the road. Do you have any advice for people that... Uh, are either looking to either get started on in stand up on mm-hmm. what path to take to get into it or take their next step in stand up. Yeah, I would say look at your end goal and let that dictate your beginning. Don't look at the beginning and just do what you want because I just did what I want and then it it ended up taking forever because I was doing what I wanted the whole time. I should have been, you know, on social media and, you know, maybe auditioning more and things like that. But I just really wanted to keep building more material. If you want to do that, if you have like this need to just create stand-up material, then yeah, just go ahead and go up every night. Just realize that there's going to be a lot of people that pass you up. And you're going to wonder how. But it's because they're playing the game correctly. You're playing it how you want to play it. So just try to be happy with that. Um, 
and but if you if you have an end goal dictate your actions towards that uh, like if you know you eventually just want to do tv and not do stand-up um just do like showcases and get a day job and um i just had a stroke <laughs> all right well if it comes back to you that's cool what i was gonna ask is uh you mentioned some comics are playing the game you know the mm-hmm. right way what yeah. be a way or how would you play the game correctly if you're jumping into it yeah to play it correctly let's say if you just want like um success you know like some notoriety and some money um it's not it's you writing a ton of joke ton more jokes than everybody else and getting on stage way more than everybody else is not necessarily going to lead to that. Okay. Uh, the only thing it'll lead to is you just growing as a comedian. That's it. So don't expect um, everything to be handed to you just because you're working hard in an area that's irrelevant to your goal. Um, you just got to be realistic, man. You got to be very precise and sharp with your goals. And if you don't have goals right now, that's okay. You're allowed to not know what you're doing for a bit. But at least try for the love of God, to, <laughs> to be specific with what you want. It's going to take a while, and it, you're going to feel arrogant. Like, oh, I want this. Because you're going to feel like, oh, my God, how could I want something specifically when this business is so crazy and unpredictable? It's okay. It'll make sense. I swear. You just write down your goals. You'll start to notice things in your environment that are pushing you towards those goals. Go that way. Don't go the other way. Okay. All right. Cool. So what would you say that you changed in your approach to comedy to start gaining some success? Um, what did I change? Um, that's the thing. I didn't change. I didn't. I just kept doing. Okay, <laughs> I didn't. So you I, kept doing it and eventually you got notoriety and respect from it. So that, there's yeah. something to that too. But you just, as you said, have to be patient going that route. That you just have to be more patient that way. Um, but don't expect that way to be as easy as it is now because it's really hard right now and it's going to get even harder because now entertainment is changing. Everybody's becoming influencers, you know? Yeah. Uh, everybody's becoming like a vague entertainer title, a comedian slash YouTuber slash singer slash all these slashes and shit. Like there's no more purists. You know, if you want to be a purist doing stand-up, just get ready to take the lumps because it's getting worse and worse for the purists every day. Um, so, you know, if you know in the back of your mind you want some success, just start doing the right things for success. You know? And that'd be like starting up, like, getting those slashes in your name, like the YouTuber yeah. slash Instagram. And do those slash. things. Don't just put them on your business card, <laughs> you know? <laughs> follow through is important yeah <laughs> oh, I, I can't believe how many stand-up comics that only do stand-up but i i get their business card it's like comedian actor slash writer and then you're like oh what'd you write well my jokes <laughs> <laughs> i wrote a letter once i uh, acted out my material <laughs> yeah all right fair enough fair enough so actually do what you say you do and uh you know so that brings us to another question here that's actually a good follow-up to that uh what are you doing to promote yourself um well i'm doing my promotion now through uh my website it's a little old school but i like to i like to get people to my website so that way they can click on the social media that they prefer um i do not do twitter at all why is that 
Um, I don't really want ideas to be taken from me. And that happens a lot to comedians when they tweet. There's a lot of thieves. Um, so I don't want to do that. And then plus, you only see the tweet if they're on the platform yeah. at that time, at that exact time. So unless you have a million followers, it's not even worth it. Um, so I'm done with Twitter. Also, Hollywood industry people have told me they're going more towards a visual platform. So that's another uh, tip, guys. Uh, the the social media to pay attention to it's all visual, you know. It's all that's what they want. They want you to have a lot of followers on visual platforms. So I have plans for that. It's just not in fruition yet. Right now, I'm only promoting myself through stand up. Okay. Okay. So. Um like so are you going to be like hitting more the instagram and the youtube then yeah as your thing and probably start still a, some facebook some facebook actually i'm gonna still rely heavily on facebook video okay it's like the best one honestly um you can just get more views that way um yeah that i forget where i read it but like if you really want to probably read it <laughs> probably <laughs> you want to aim towards like uh if you want to do like a really fast growth uh, Facebook video is pretty darn good. Um, okay. So, um, I'm probably going to do that. I, I just want to do like a online, uh, production company where I do sketch, um, you know, podcasting, you know, things like that. Uh, just have it all coming. I'm going to have to dump a lot of money into it. So I'm waiting for that. <laughs> so I know, I know in the past you did have a podcast. It was filth cake. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, are you doing any podcasting now or, or just have plans to get back into it? I just have plans to get back into it. And I, I would like to have more of a specific podcast that are just like this vague, you know, there's gotta be a theme kind of like you got, you know, how to be uncontained, <laughs> you know, and we'll find out how how you are soon. Yeah. Soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, right I th- on. So, what what vein do you want to go down with it? Like, what? Uh, I, I still don't know. Still don't know. And just will it be comedian based, or will it be something completely different, like about your pet rock collection? Or well, if I can, um, I know that metaphorically, a pet rock collection. I know what you mean. That'd be great. <laughs> something like that. You know, but I don't have anything of interest or expertise wise in my repertoire for that. Um, but I would because that's a great way to get a frick, like a ton of followers immediately. Yeah, if you have that certain niche where or yeah. niche that people wanna that are really interested are really interested in. Yeah, but I don't have that, so it's probably gonna be more comedian. Um, it's probably gonna be more opinion piece, and it's okay. gonna be a lot of judgmental stuff i would like to be honest with you i'd love to take down some people <laughs> that's what i really want to do uh, let's let's start a battle right now who do you want to take down look into the camera no i'm, yep. I'm kidding we don't need to don't need to do that unless, unless you want to cause some drama here on uncontained but uh so now we heard a horror story from on the road or at least at least some troubles in commuting from the road, car breaking down, stuff like that. I'm sure you have plenty more of them. But what would be mm-hmm. a highlight that you'd care to share? Oh, boy. Staying in random strangers' houses and becoming great friends with them. Oh, yeah? Yeah, that, that stuff gets pretty cool. Um, like, you just make... I don't know. Like, when people treat you to your home, you know, kind of feel like family with strangers, It's that is really neat, man. Um I stayed at some nice mansion once, and really? 
uh, Oregon and did a show. I forget how I met the people, but we went out with them afterwards, me and this other comedian. And they're just like, hey, if you guys need a place to crash, you know, like, yeah, that definitely beats, you know, the overhead of the hotel. Yeah, definitely. And then it was just a gorgeous place. We hung out, we drunk wine. And, and their house is so nice. What they do is they house, um, uh, what's the Oregon baseball team in that region? I don't know. The college one? Probably or college. Like the There's, Ducks? Yes. So they, this couple with their massive house, they house a lot of players uh, that are in transition. Typically, you know, from Cuba and shit, you know. Like, okay. Um, so the place is nice, man. And they, they, they take care of all these uh, players and stuff. So, it, I mean, it's kind of built for guests and stuff. Um, and that was, like, just really neat, just being in someone's home like that and stealing all their shit. I mean, oh. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, it's live. It's yeah, live. It's live. Hopefully they're not hopefully they're not one of the millions watching right now. Um yeah. <laughs> I did get a little annoyed though with the comedian that I was with was we went into the pool. She kind of like forced her way into the pool. She was like, "Hey, can, can we use your pool?" and then they kind of weren't responsive. Like that's a no. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's people, a polite no. Yeah. Hollywood no. Asked. <laughs> 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 and then uh they're they're eventually like, "Yeah, yeah, you can do that." And then like she was swimming around the pool and like just making too much noise. Yeah. And then I was like, "Hey, you know, keep it down, you know." And then she just kind of kept, you know, splashing, making noise. And I was like, "Hey, asshole, we don't know how they're rich. We <laughs> don't know why they're rich. That should scare the shit out of you. Like, don't make noise. You know what I mean? Yeah. They yeah. could be mafia. Like, we don't know why they're rich. They could be very dangerous people. They they're could nice. Be, but, then, you know, don't want to test their kindness. Yeah. Um, so how do you get set up with a lot of these people? Do you go a certain way about finding people to stay with? Or is it just like you meet somebody at the show? They just sort of offer, you know. I don't know why they feel so comfy doing that. I think it's because my act is so revealing of myself. I think they feel like they know me. Yeah. But they don't. I'm about to clear their shit out. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> no, they, uh, they, I feel like they know me. I don't know them. But, you know, I know if they liked my stuff, I kind of have a feeling of who they are. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, you know, liars don't really like me very much. So um, they're probably not going to be liars. So I'll, st I'll stay with them and hang out. I don't, it, there was a while in my career, though, like, I was living on my car doing road gigs. Yeah. And what I would do is I would just try to find, like, hookups after the show. Not even to hook up, but just, like, I wanted their bed so bad because my back hurt. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I want you for your bed, not your body. Yeah. So I would, on purpose, take the girl out all night to where it would be weird if I left at, like, 4 a.m. She's like, hey, you can just stay. I'm like, oh, you, I just don't want to bother. I don't want to take advantage. <laughs> 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 strategy to the to the road comic yeah all right right on man so you've been doing stand-up comedy for a while and kind of developed your own style you said you've stuck with your own style and haven't really changed right so what is it that you want people who come to your shows to take away and remember about your performance man i i don't get it every time but when people get it it's it's portrayed i do feel like it is portrayed what i go for I try to go for don't think in bubbles. Everybody thinks in these bubbles now. Like they're just yeah. intellectual bubbles. Like, oh, I'm a liberal. Oh, I'm a conservative. Um, I'm, you know, just all these bubbles, man. 
and I try to get people to think outside of their bubble. Okay. You know, um, but that doesn't, maybe they are being affected subconsciously, but the people that understand exactly what I'm doing, which is a small percentage, those are the best fans. But damn it, I just wish more people would get what I'm doing. I'm trying to, trying to destroy genre. I'm trying to destroy lines. Um, a lot of people pretend they're doing it, but they only do it a certain way. The safe way, I want to do it a very dangerous way because I actually <laughs> want results. All I right, want it to gotcha. work. Gotcha. I, I agree. The bubble situation is a really big problem. You know, it's kind of like, well, it's kind of like the Fox News and the CNNs and stuff like that that provide that help help with that bubble, help create that bubble because it gives people the ability to go to listen to the news that they feel comfortable with yeah. you know they're like okay yeah this fits inside my bubble i can listen to this other guys are evil where and then vice versa it, and it doesn't matter which one it is cnn fox news uh those are the two two biggest ones i'll throw out there because yeah. they all have a slant and walter cronkite would be pissed right. um but yeah popping that bubble like, what do you do in order to try to get that bubble popped during your stand-up? Well, I have to listen to every side's arguments on whatever view they have on things, you know. Um, I have to listen to them and then dismantle them. But the only way to dismantle them is if I have jokes within the dismantlement or else I can't even comment on the situation. Um, so I, I listen to their arguments. I show how they're stupid. Um, <laughs> and I, I hope it strips them of their intellectual identity so then they could start thinking for themselves. That's the goal. Now that's not working cause they just came to laugh and then they go back to work, <laughs> but uh, no, no, I wish it was a that. little impact, but do you find yourself playing devil's advocate a lot then when you're trying to find out both sides of the story? Uh, just, uh, kind of cause you know, everybody has their own slant to their story. Do you like, I probably should. I don't. I, what I guess I've been doing is like focusing on the extremists and just attacking them. You okay. know, and I'm hoping that what that does is it pushes people more towards the middle. Um, and then a lot of like people heavily on one side, they act like the moderate, such as myself, because um, I, I, I'm more moderate than anything. I might be a little right leaning on some things, but I think I'm mostly moderate. Okay. Um, they act like that's a cop out. Like, oh, you're not committing to a side. It's like, no, you're copying out because you're copying and pasting your entire belief system. And yes. that's dangerous. Yes. You know, they act like the guy in the middle is just playing it safe. It's like, no, we're not liked by anybody. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> hates us. Both sides hate us because we're not with them. You know, so I just want to create, I just want the moderate um, political view and just moderate everything. Like, just please get out of your bubble. Go understand other shit. Don't listen to, you know, don't listen to blog language. You know, like one thing that's pissing me off now is the amount of um, outcry over cultural appropriation. Yeah. Like it's getting on my nerves. And I know it exists. I've seen white people appropriate black culture to unheard, uh, unheard levels. And <laughs> it's gross. But like... I watched that movie Crazy Rich Asians, right? Yes. The girl Aquafina. Are you familiar with that character? Yes, yes. I'm familiar with her and yeah. found out she's a rapper. She's a rapper from New York and black people just trashed her because she had a little bit of um, black influence in her character or whatever. Um, but all these black extremists, you know, pro-black people, they're like, oh, po cultural appropriation, blah, 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 you know. 
and it's like, okay, well, what's your favorite Wu-Tang Clan song? <laughs> oh, do you enjoy green tea? Yes. Like, oh, you can take from them, but they can't take from you. How do you expect to become a melting pot, exactly. you fucking idiots? Like, what's your favorite mafia movie? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, oh, yeah, mafia movie. <laughs> that's that's an Italian. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, yeah, sorry, Italians, but that is what you fucking offer. Um, hey, you know, and, and and good food. Good, and food, good food. Good food. Yeah, don't, don't knock Italian cuisine, my friend. That's right. My grandma will come back from the dead. That's right. <laughs> Do you hear Italian? I, or I had a feeling. Yeah, I, I got I got a little bit of that in my blood. So Iowa, you yes. know, well, yeah, they're a little bit more east. They're not really yeah. out here. Yeah, right, kind of right in the center, like uh, of the country. But you know, like the the comedy style. Speaking of different regions having different comedy styles, and out here being mm-hmm. a little a little more tense and like PC and reacting to your jokes, like ooh, I I, I wouldn't say bum i'd say homeless because that's funnier instead which has actually happened to me when i did stand up in berkeley um but in the midwest it's like you know more busting your balls kind of east coast style you Mm -hmm. know it kind of it kind of as you move further east there's more ball busting yeah and that's how you know you like somebody when they bust their ball bust your balls right exactly i think that's a really healthy thing that california culture could learn uh, the East Coast could also learn tact from the West Coast. <laughs> so I'm not going to be a East Coast elitist and be like, oh, yeah, you guys got to learn to stop being such pussies because some of you fucking dumbass East Coasters really need to learn to, uh, you know, sell your opinion. <laughs> like, and, like, add some sugar. Seriously. Isn't your opinion a point uh, important? Don't you want people to digest it? Then add the shit that's going to make it digestible. Don't Don't okay. hide behind this ball buster identity. Because it's, it's a social pose, and you know it. Yeah, look at this um, guy over here. Right. <laughs> but I think, the East, I think the West Coast has more to learn from the East Coast than the East Coast does from the West. Yeah, yeah. Like, I but, don't know, man. Everybody's just too touchy on some things. When some yeah. people have a right to be touchy on certain subjects, but, like, there's some things. The West is definitely more touchy. But the yes. East is becoming that. Because millennials, it's not even a regional thing. It's, it's the millennial programming that they've taken. Um, and it's always overwhelmingly good PC culture. It's always overwhelmingly good, but I can't, I can't imagine a New Yorker being like, um, excuse me, I'm walking here. And so yeah. like, I'm walking here. I get out of my yeah. way. Even I, the accent is dying out there. You don't, you don't hear it as much. Um, so California is, I, I know they don't want to admit it, but California is totally influencing them in a lot of ways. You'll hear <laughs> that, uh, Valley girl stuff. You know, you'll hear that and just like, dude, are you from Brooklyn? Well, Christopher Walken, his voice is like Valley Girl with like East Coast accent mixed in. Mm-hmm. Did, did, have you ever noticed that? It's like, wow, that's true. Like, the Valley Girl's like, like, oh my God, look at this. And then like Christopher Walken's like, yeah, like, oh my God. Yeah. Damn. So that's the trick to doing a Christopher Walken along with, uh, you know, throwing in a little whisper here and there. Yeah. Like, yeah, Dracula, he never scared me, but my supials do because I'm fast type thing. So, yeah. No, and you, you should try that on stage tonight, Cody. No. no. <laughs> yeah, they, I, if a comedian saw me do that, I'd get ripped up. Don't, don't, you just love, don't you just love when people tell you what to do on stage? 
I love it. Yeah, yeah. So, so if you see Cody tonight at the show, tell him what he should have done on stage. Mm-hmm. Um, I got uh, one more question for you, Cody. Mm-hmm. Before we get to that question, though, uh, where can people find you online? Uh, what's your social medias, your website, and where can they find your show dates? Just go to CodyJWoods.com. I know it's hard for people to open up a browser now because they always click Instagram and handle Facebook and handle. No, just go to the website. I'm old school. Got all <laughs> the social media there. I got all my dates there. I paid a lot for that fucking URL, you guys. <laughs> go to CodyJWoods.com. <laughs> Damn it. All right. Kick it old school. He does it his own way, people. He said it himself. He doesn't want to conform. And he wants to do it dangerously. So uh, check out his website. I do have that one final question for you, Cody. It is the title question of the show. Cody Woods, how do you live uncontained? Hmm. Okay. So I work for myself. Being self-employed, that will make you feel uncontained. But you're always contained in some way. You're just not contained in the ways that, um, that that you despise. So I think working for myself, being able to have have my um, – I like being in the box that I'm in. Not everybody can get into the box that they want to be in. Yeah. So I like being in my box. And I find it takes a while to get there. And so now my box is my full attention on comedy and the business 24-7 because if I take my eye off the ball for one second, uh, a lot of bad things will happen to me. Um, but – it's uh, better than not being able to um, think about comedy at all during eight hours a day at a day job. So I'm really glad I, I have freedom to focus on what I want to focus on. I can't focus on anything, just anything. Yeah. I can't do that. I can't, I don't have free time, but what I have is uh, the opportunity to focus on what I've always wanted to focus on. That's, the greatest fucking gifts I've ever had. Okay, now that that is actually awesome, man. Being able to put your mind 100% towards your dreams, making you know your dream happen instead of having to put eight hours of your day towards making somebody else's dream happen. Yeah. Um, now, in the beginning, I'm sure there were some doubters, some people who are like. Man, stand-up comedy, dude. It's risky. You should get that get that job at Apple or Google or whatever. Yeah, uh, it's that's totally what they're telling. Apple, Google, NASA. <laughs> <laughs> you should really be an astronaut, Cody. Yeah, that's what that's what I'm trying to tell you. Uh, but what was it that kept you going after stand-up comedy, um, even if maybe a show didn't go right? One more time, the question. I'm so, uh, sorry. I just I got ADD sometimes. No, when no, I, no it's all right. So it's just it's a common thing amongst uh, future astronauts. <laughs> <laughs> Their mind's just somewhere else on another planet. Yeah. Um, so when people told you that you know you should find oh. find another a be realistic plan, be realistic. Okay. Yes, that's it. Or like if you had a show that didn't go like you wanted it to mm. what was it that kept you coming back to comedy and pushing through um despite the doubters oh the constant failure of splitting my energy because i mean i probably i did try to split my energy you know just for stability reasons yeah but i failed really bad at it so i sucked at doing that i did better uh living lean and then just going 100 percent on one thing the one thing that you have that you just know you have though it's certainly there is your energy and focus 
um, circumstance constantly changes. Uh, your day job could go obsolete. You know, um, there's so many things that can happen. But the one thing you can rely on is your effort. So it's better to just maybe pick one thing and go okay. after it. But don't be delusional, though, either. It's, it's hard. It's hard to have faith and not have delusion. Yeah, so is That's there a need fine to, line. There, There is. There is. Like, what would you say would be a delusional thought opposed to, like, a, like, I believe in myself thought? There's not much difference. It's just missing a few things. Okay. I think a good uh, faithful thought is as long as this, this, and this, I can this. But if not, this, this, and this, and this. That's how you think. Not, I'm going to do this and fucking force the universe into my will. I don't think that's uh, healthy. That's I what know. I've been trying to do. <laughs> it's okay. It's just, I mean, you. everyone is. But I think you got to be specific and be realistic about hurdles and because you got to predict the hurdles because if you're predicting hurdles you're also predicting advantages and leverages like like the way dane cook saw myspace and was like ching and nobody else yeah. saw that so but he was also looking at, at his mind was constantly looking forward but um it's a path you're looking at it that way not just um i'm gonna do it my way and this will be the results it's like no let the results dictate your behavior because if that's the results you want um, and then just pay attention, man, like just have a sharp eye to your environment. How are things changing? How is it going to impact your efforts? Just please be realistic. Um, All right. But that doesn't mean give up because most realist people, when they say realistic, they gave up and they wanted to make it seem like they're just being realistic. Okay. Because that's the only way to protect their ego. <laughs> so don't worry. Being realistic is focusing on your target and relying on your energy and your focus of, and going forward. That's realistic because that's the only thing that you will probably have in the future unless you're dead. Yeah. You won't have the best circumstance though, man. Like you never know what's going to fly your way. So just rely on yourself. It's just how to try to have a blind belief in yourself that you're going to figure out what happens but it's figuring out it's not just moving forward and expecting results from the behavior you want from yourself no you got to do gotcha. a lot of shit you don't want to do gotcha put in the work to get uh get what you want done and put in the sacrifice too like not just work sacrifice so what have you sacrificed oh my god uh relationships college degree um, certain gigs just to do other gigs, even though like this gig will pay way more, but this exposure here, like, you, um, for the love of God, don't think that you will not be gambling, gamble, gamble. And if you're a good gambler, you're going to be looking at the obstacles ahead. Like this guy is showing a, a this guy's showing a queen, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, this guy's showing a Jack, you, you're calculating. So there. Just because you're using faith does not mean you're not constantly calculating too. So just calculate. Please be calculated. Calculated faith. Yeah, but have faith. Because what? <laughs> else? Why? Why? Why not? Why not have faith? Like it's much more peaceful. And then if you get fucked up in the process, you had all this faith, and then it doesn't work out. You just get totally ruined. Who cares? At least during that whole time, you're at peace with yourself because you believed in yourself. Yeah. And, you know, I'd rather be, like, totally ruined because something didn't work out than have the whole, like, oh, what if I did this? What if I would have done this more um, thing going through? It was, it's a whole different type of ruined. Yeah. 
yeah i, I think uh avoiding regret is always a, you know that's a good motivator man that's a really definitely. good one definitely so cody i really do want to thank you for joining me here on uncontained and uh Tonight, if you are listening uh, on Instagram right now or throughout the show, um, Cody Woods at Tommy T's in Pleasanton, California tonight, um, along with Mario Hodge, G King, and uh, yeah, it's going to be a good time. Don't forget to check out Comedy Central later on this year, early next year for Heart of the City and uh Cody will be on that along with the cast tonight. So definitely check that out. Thank you for coming on the show. I have one final thing for you to do, and that is sign off the show tonight. I'm Cody Woods, and I live uncontained for now. (laughs) (laughs) You never know, guys. (laughs) Because you could backslide. Don't be a shithead. So uh, Cody Woods and I live uncontained. I hope you continue to live uncontained. And, sir, I hope uh, you continue to live uncontained in your pursuit of finding uncontained people. Yes, thank you, you, sir. You find the right ones, that's for sure. Thank you, my friend. And that does it for another episode of Uncontained. Thank you for listening, and thank you to Cody Woods for joining me. And also, thank you to everybody who uh, tuned in on Instagram as I recorded this one, and you can do that as well. I'm trying to do more interviews over Instagram Live, so you can check them out. The handle is the same for all of my social media, at Uncontained Pod. So, yes, I am doing it more often. When you see I'm live, make sure you click on that link and uh, tune in, submit a question. Maybe you'll get asked on air. We will see. And make sure you catch Cody in season three of Heart of the City on Comedy Central this January. I'll keep you posted. And until next time, live uncontained.